All right, welcome to the Unhinged Video Cast slash podcast. Um, I'm your host, Kenny McKnight, also known as the Unhinged Lunatic, Vincent Cross. And yeah. with me is my co host here, the Indian Nightmare Vanish. And this is the trial run. So we're going to see just how far we can get before I do something stupid. <laughs> if nothing else, it'll be entertaining. Yeah, we, we, so on this episode or on this um, video podcast, are we, we going to explain to the audience just like what we have um, in, uh, on our future podcast, like what we can expect, right? Yep. As um, of, yeah. I think we've, we've already got a couple people lined up as guests for the show. Um, mm-hmm. I know we've talked to uh, Miss Hannah, as yeah. well as Joker Wild and Damien, who'd like to yeah. kind of talk about their music career as well as wrestling. Yeah. Um, I said, I'm a, I'm a musician as well as a wrestler. I was doing music since I was 10 years old. Um, so I've definitely got that background. And I like the idea of being able to do more than just wrestling. I figure, hey, yeah. if Chris Jericho can do it, I'll do it too. Yeah, he right. He's good, but you know, he's a leading example. He he can be the name brand. I'm the generic. So yeah, I'll, I'll be the great the value brand, Jericho. I'll take that. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, biggest reason I decided to do this was really largely off of the last podcast of years I was on when we discussed COVID yeah. and so many other things that no one really wants to talk about. Um, I guess I showed you the screenshots with. Um, people contacted me that really enjoyed it, and they're like, you should do this. I'm like, well, if I want to do it, I want to do it a little bit differently because yeah, there's so right. many people doing podcasts now. I mean, you got yeah. your time. Buckshot's got one. I guess he said the, the BSA podcast is unavailable on Anchor.fm, <laughs> the Nightmare Podcast. Then what was the other one he was talking about? Welcome to the Jungle Podcast. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of guys doing those. I mean, you know, Podcasts or Diamond Dozen, you can find them anywhere, and there's a lot of really great ones. So I don't, Diamond Dozen, I don't mean to knock any of them, but I was like, I could just do a podcast, but why not do video? Because yeah. I do a lot of video editing on my promos, so yeah, why can't right. I bring that into it. Um, which already I got excited just making the logo because I like doing graphic design, and I was kind of happy with how it turned out. It was a little simple, but I'll make more as I go along. I still need to actually probably make one for your podcast at some point. Yeah, cool. Thanks, man. Appreciate yeah, it. I like. I started doing that as a hobby, anyways. That's how I started doing the wrestling posters. Is working for IWA. I didn't like the posters they had, so I was like, Ah, can I make one? If you like it, great. If you don't, we won't use it. But when you were making uh, these posters, you weren't really charging any money. You were doing it for free. Yeah, I was doing for free right up until TWA got going and. Brad insisted on paying me for them. Um, so I made He's him set a, a price. So I, didn't know what to do it. Yeah, I didn't know what to charge, so I just had him set the price. I'm like, well, what do you think they're worth? So he talked to the guy that was making the, the printing the posters out, and the guy set a price, and that's what we went with. I was like, that's fine by me. I mean, yeah. I wasn't asking any money, so if I can make it a little bit, yeah, why not? So when you're in IWA, you're making posters, you're a talent, you're booking. But still, you're doing three jobs at a time, but you're still not getting paid. I'm the perfect person to hire for a company because I'm willing to do things for free, apparently. And you're fired, Kenny. <laughs> well, actually, I didn't get fired from there. I walked No, no, there, no. But I did get fired from RPW. Technically, they say I didn't get fired, but the guy that was the booker said he was, you know, also a co-owner fires me. Um, 
you know, whatever. It's what it is. Yeah, in the state of Ohio, there, I believe there are more than uh, 100 promotions out there. Yeah. So I don't know when they're going to start doing wrestling shows, man. It's, it's, it's bad. I don't know what's happening, but it's, it's weird at the same time because, you know, um, I recently did a show in uh, Wisconsin, which is close to Chicago, Illinois. They have, you know, highest cases in those states and those places, and they're still running with, um, like, COVID um, guidelines, like people wearing masks and maintaining the social distancing. But Ohio, we're not even in the list. So I'm probably, like, maybe a... Um, top 10, but still Wisconsin, Illinois, Ohio's like way, way lower compared to the COVID-19 positive cases. But still the athletic commission or sports, whatever, they are not given the permission. I believe yeah, so far the only thing that they said, I was just reading the post that Tom McLean posted uh, about the, some sort of like a certificate or paper or something. It says, um, for the contact sports, you have to have a private facility and you still can't train or something like yeah. that, but you're not allowed to do a show. Yeah, I was, I saw that earlier today too from him and it's, I don't understand why it's so locked down on wrestling and stuff, but I've always said that I personally don't think the Ohio Athletic Commission should really be over wrestling. Yeah. Um, you know, because they're like, oh, it's all, it's about sports, it's about sports. Well, you know, not to, you know, break kayfabe again, but it's not exactly the same sport in the same sense that like football or baseball. Um, I said, can't we just tell them it's entertainment and not have to pay the commission, you know, hundreds of dollars to do a show? Yeah. But... Yeah, I had no clue, man, until I did the podcast with Brad when he was telling me, like, every time when you run a show, you have to pay $100. Yeah. And hey, IW were, like, they were so smart. <laughs> they were not paying anything. If you don't pay the deposit and if you don't have your license, they can come and confiscate your ring. Yeah. Um, you can face huge fines. You can be arrested. Um, especially, like, right now, if you were caught running a show in Ohio, they could – they could and most likely would have you arrested. At least the promoter. I don't know if the workers would get in trouble. I'm sure they could face fines, but mm -hmm. I know for a fact that you can't run a show in Ohio right now. It doesn't matter where you're doing that. You want to set up at your friend's house, and if they find out you got more people than you're supposed to have there and you're running a wrestling event, even if you're giving charging no admission, yeah, you're still facing jail time. Um, I think that's it's more of kind of like a public gathering thing, you know, it's like, I don't, maybe that's why, because if you look into uh, birthday parties or July 4th or anything else, I mean, people are still gathering, doing all these things, drinking and everything, but still, um, I believe like professional wrestling is kind of like a, like a threat right now, because, you know, people are tired, they're, they just want to go out and do something and wrestling is going to bring a lot of people together and it's a threat unfortunately yeah there's a chance to uh, get more positive cases um it's just crazy right now there's people that you know think that it's okay think you can get around it and i'm i know there are places now where you can run shows and i think it's great as long as they're doing it safely 
point. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm dying to get back in the ring, but I'm not willing to risk other people's health and my own just to get in the ring for a few minutes. Um, I'd rather rest my body up and not go catch COVID just trying to wrestle. Yeah. yeah. Especially at the pay grade that you get at our level, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe uh, this Virginia, they're running shows too, right? With the- um, They had been, but I don't know if they're going to now because they just changed the maximum occupancy for for venues for gatherings from 100 back down to 25. Um, I don't know how you can make money with that because that includes the 25 isn't just 25 fans. That's your workers, your people who run in concessions, everyone you've got. And I've never seen a show run with less than 25 people. Dang, man. Well, I mean, I've seen, I've seen once telecoffee before got, this pandemic happened. If you got five matches, that's 10 guys right there. Um, then you got your time, you know, your whoever does the announcing, whoever's running sound, there's 12 people. Um, so it's a, it's totally 25. Yeah, and 13 with a ref. So, I mean, you're already almost half, you're over halfway there and you haven't even invited someone to the door yet. So it's not the fans, the total 25 numbers. Yeah. Oh, still, that would be tough, man. That's why even with the 100, we still had to take into account wrestlers and stuff. So you could, 100 fans in a show, yeah, you can turn a profit if you charge enough. And right now, you could say, well, it's premium because you can't have as many people. But Mm. realistically, you're only selling about three quarters of that. Yeah. Charge tickets like for 30 bucks or something like that. That's actually, uh, I know I discussed that with Brad, the idea of charging more for ticket. And he said he just, he didn't feel comfortable asking people for more money. He's like, you know, money's tight right now too with everything yeah. that's going on. So to, to ask everyone for more money to come out with bigger risk, I can't say I blame him. I mean, I'd love to get back in the ring. Um, I'm wanting to get a hold of Samuel so bad I can't stand it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there are the promotions running in West Virginia too, right? So uh, they yeah, do I know, this. Uh, well, I know, like Real Shoot, they're running right now, and I don't, th- I don't know that they have any crowd. I think like a few of the people that are there go out to ringside to make some noise, kind of like they're doing on TV. But yeah, um, they're everything they're doing right now is filmed to be online. I think that's how they're getting by with it. The Real Shoot wrestling, though, so they're just they're wrestlers. They shoot each other in the ring. <laughs> I, I gotta say, it's the worst wrestling company name I've ever heard of. Uh, I mean, people complain about companies that don't run out of one town having a U.S. title. I, I yeah. used to make fun of IWA. When I was the United States champion in IWA, I like to make fun of the fact that the I was the U.S. champion for a company that never left one town in Ohio. So, I mean, it didn't wow. really – it's like, why have a comp- – I'm the champion of the United States. Where do you wrestle? Chill coffee. Well, where else? <laughs> Chill coffee. Yeah, right. Okay. But then they're going real shoot. So are they saying that everyone else is fake and they're real, or are they saying real shoot wrestling? It's kind of like, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna get shoot. You're gonna get, so we'll get the beatings the, in the ring. They'll be slap you. You know, if we had Matt Hardy here, he'd be screaming to pause the multiverse so he could tell you what what shoot means, which means real. So yeah, real right. shoot is like, is that like? Jericho calling people a stupid idiot. Yeah, I mean it's kind of the same thing, I think. But I don't want to bash everybody in West Virginia, man. I, oh no, I, still I mean the from... company's got a lot of yeah. great guys that work there. I got friends that wrestle there. Um, yeah, 
I know uh, Rico De La Vega. He just he's been working there. Yeah, he did. Um, yeah, yeah. He's been there. Trey Evers is there. Um, Bildo. Um, there's some guys there I'm not so fond of. I won't mention names because that's not the point right now. But I hate the name of the company. I hope they do well, but I hate the name of the company. <laughs> I said that from the get go. When I first heard, I'm like, wait, what? So I know that, like I said, they're running shows that way. Um, I'm sure there's some other companies that are running shows that way. But I don't know. It's. It is what it is, I guess. Yes, some of these companies, man. I believe there's like ASW. I believe they have like great reputation and they they do some good shows. And um, I think what was it called? Best Virginia Wrestling Entertainment. W we W E. I've heard of them. Yeah. Slam will work for them, I believe. He, he mentioned he did a show for them or something, and they always draw good. I haven't heard anything bad about them. Then, um, what was the other one that, um, what's this guy's name? So Lance Desman runs in uh, Parkersburg, uh, Pro yeah, Wrestling Inception. Inception. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. He, I know Rain Lewis has been there. Um, that's where uh, Tira Ali, yeah, he was Tira there. Ali, Brandon Skinner, they both were trained by Vance. And, um, I went to one of those shows and it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Um, they have like a good talents and good matches, but again, I don't know what was the reason why they're they don't really draw well. I don't Maybe know because they're in Parkersburg. There's a lot work. of people. <laughs> I mean, Parkersburg's a decent population, but I'll admit when we went there, we stopped at gas on the gas station just a little ways down the street from where the show was, and there was no poster. Wow, um, that used to be a common thing at IWA is. You go to the, a town where the show's at, and people in the town don't know there's a show happening. Yeah. Um, we were running in uh, New Holland, and there was a big banner out front that I designed that was like this eight-foot banner hanging up right out in front of the building on the, high, on the street. So we got there. I'm thinking, well, people will know about this because we got this huge sign. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We walked two blocks down, um, myself and Joshua Charles, to the – to the gas station there like it was like a little gas station grocery store mm-hmm. and when we got there there was no signs up and the people there like were giving us weird looks because i think i was still wearing part of my like workout gear so i was okay. wearing like i had kick pads and stuff on still um and we're like oh we, we got the show down here tonight and there's a show yeah <laughs> I was like, I designed the poster, I designed the banner. There's a banner down the street, but no one knows it's happening. And yeah, that's the thing, man. You're advertising through the social media, how much people you can bring in through Facebook or Twitter. You still got to go out there and put it all these posters and let people oh, know yeah. that they're, you know, we're running somewhere, or we're doing a show, we have a wrestling show, not on the day, at least couple of weeks before the show, before the event, you know, let the people know, okay, within two weeks we're doing this, you know, so they can get time off from their work too, you know. Now I've had people in, like, IWA, it happened a lot. People would complain about who's on the poster. Um, yeah. There was a lot of guys that I knew were, were popular with the crowd. So when I'm making a poster, those are the people I put on the poster. Josh people wasn't there for a very long period of time, I remember. But people were like, well, why isn't this person on there? Why isn't that person on there? 
um, because people aren't going to see it and come in because of them. It's not a knock yeah. on them. That's not a knock on talent. When I first got there, they didn't know who I was. Yeah. But after time, everyone that went to the shows, especially when I was working as a heel, people were willing to pay money to see me get my butt kicked. So uh -huh. I could put me, I could put myself on the poster and my opponent. Yeah, and say that we're having a match, and even if it's middle of the card, bottom of the card, people are like, "That guy's gonna beat up Cross. I want to be there." Yeah, uh, like running here for Brad, running in this area. I live here. People here know me. Um, David Day lives here. People know him. I was like, you know, like when you first got there, I was like, even with you at the top of the card, putting you as the the main focal on the poster, if they don't know who you are, doesn't help as much as putting guys that everyone in the area knows. Yeah, that's true. And Makes like sense. I know, I know. At the beginning, I told you like these are hometown guys. Cause you're like, oh, cool. I was like, hey, yeah. he gets it. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter if you're the hottest thing in the world. If you got someone else that someone's going to draw, that's you put prominently on the poster. If you don't have a hot angle that's already drawing people in. So, yeah. Marketing and advertising is also like a very important thing. Like people need to go out and put the posters out there. Oh yeah. Well, that's not really happening uh, these days. And now, also, the wrestling speak out movement started coming out. It affected a lot of, uh, man, um, Philadelphia-based promotion. That's where uh, Cesaro and all those guys came from. Um, Shikara, Shikara. Yeah. Yeah, they, they shut it down, man. The, the, the owners, like, closed the promotion. Then Evolve, I'm glad WWE bought Evolve. Yeah. There won't be no more Evolve anyway, you know. Um, but that's also another promotion where, like, people could just go there and do something and get an opportunity, you know. I know a lot of people get excited when they hear that, like, WWE is acquired different properties and stuff. I don't – I've never got really excited about that because – as soon as someone bigger takes over, it makes it harder for anyone starting out to get in sometimes. Not always. You close the doors for so many people. Yeah. I mean, I look mean, at the WWE Performance Center. I mean, uh, not just Performance Center, NXT. They've signed so many talents from so many different countries, and they haven't got a chance. They're still working there as an extra. Ring crew, uh, you know, and everyone. If you look at the people that, um, like over in England, that talk about British wrestling, and they mention NXT UK, the people that live there that talk about it all the time, um, like look at Wrestle Talk, those guys yeah. have talked about. It. They said they the people there are convinced that they started it to kill that wrestling scene. Well, and who got killed? Did now? a lot of damage, and yeah, look what happened since then. We'll speak out. Yeah, they they closed the entire NXT UK, right? Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. at least on hiatus right now, but... Oh, yeah, they were trying to do the same thing in Japan, but it didn't work. But yet, there's also people that are getting heavily promoted and featured right now that have open accusations against them, too, so... There's always that. Yeah, that, that's true, dude. It's kind of... You know, remember, it's a public trading company now. No private sales, like anything that concerns with public, they have to take an action. And That's why they fired Hulk Hogan right away after he making that oh, yeah. or terrible comments. Oh, man. I'm kind of sad that we aren't 
I'm happy, I'm relieved, I'm really torn about the fact that we're not hearing a lot more now on Speak Out. It kind of lasts a real short time, and there's not a lot new coming out. Um, it's a burning bridges, man, too. You know, that's the thing. Let's say I'm going out, I'm, I'm saying something, and I don't want to, like, lose my opportunity to work anywhere else. That that That's a thing. That, that's a that's the most important thing too like not a lot of people want to majority of these people who came out they've been in the business for more than seven to ten years yeah they've already been there they have done shows let's say someone like for example let's say i'm a rookie i'm green i've been i just started out uh let's say i've been working for the last five years or three years and i'm having bad times but i can't open up because my dream is to get somewhere and if i'm dragging someone's name then that probably going to be like, you know, affects my career. So I don't want to do it. I mean, that's yeah. a recent green people. A lot of uh, youngsters, they don't want to be like, you know, mentioned out there. They don't want to get involved. They just want to stay away from the reason Megan, she was um, telling the entire experience on my podcast is also another reason like she knows she know exactly what she wanted and she don't want to get into the wwe she just want to do shows uh in the local areas and yeah. that's pretty much it so she have no problem coming out and saying it it's not going to affect megan in a big way if megan is trying to get into wwe it's tough the sad thing is it shouldn't have to affect anyone in any you know regardless it shouldn't negatively affect you yeah. For speaking up when something bad happens. Um, like, you know, I told on your podcast, I had people that were mad at me because I asked someone to be professional. Um, yeah. And he started talking to me about how I was green. I haven't paid dues. And my reaction to it, my response to him was, I said, no, you don't get it. I said, maybe not in this business. I said, but at the time, you know, at the time I was running my own business, I was managing a bar. So I was really busy all the time. I was yeah. like, I said, I'm managing my own business. I'm a performer. I've been playing music and performing out for over 10 years now. I have yeah. paid my dues. I said, I may not have been setting up rings for 10 years. I've been doing that for, I think, three at a time. I said, but I've been setting up and tearing down stages for the past 10, 15 years now, every night that I go out and do this. I said, so it may not be the exact same thing. I said, but don't talk about paying dues to me when I'm just asking you to not be a prick. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, how? I don't know about you. I don't care if you've been in this business how long you've been doing it. If you're an ass, you're an ass. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. And those people who are saying that you're not paying this. It's like, well, ask them. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, well, mm -hmm. how many people are like willing to travel, man? Not a lot of people want to travel either. A um, couple of uh, my guests on my podcast um, when I did the season one. Even they mentioned like they didn't travel much. They don't want it to they, because they're like families and stuff like that. And professional wrestling wasn't their first aim or main yeah. goal. I started traveling. I used to travel to New Jersey, Massachusetts, Pennsylvania. It's because that's all I wanted to do. And I, I'm, I'm yeah. just, I wanted to go there, go earlier, like, you know, help uh, guys to set up the ring and tear down and clean the building and everything. And, that's how you pay the dues and you help people out. And uh, still, it's, it's sad to still to this day, 
some people expect you to do that. I was like, why would I drive five, six hours to come over there and still help you tear down? And no, I'm not doing that. There's a, there's a difference. You know, if you're like, you know, a youngster, a green starting this business. Yeah. that That's how you do it. Like, you know, you, and also there's a lot of things. So tearing down the ring and setting up the ring, that means you're still learning about the ring. Yeah. You're, you're touching, you're grabbing, you're sensing everything. Yeah. When I first started working in IWA, everything. Mm-hmm. when I first started IWA, there were some guys that didn't actually, a lot of people there didn't know how to set that ring up. Um, I had mostly worked with rings where you have you know, the plank flooring with the um, what two by eights or whatever, two by ten, yeah. whatever boards. Well, theirs wasn't that way. It had um, two different kinds of plywood laid down on it. Um, and if you didn't lay it just the right way, you would have spots where the fo- where it would break if someone bumped in it. Yeah, and it was very dangerous if it wasn't done just right. And I remember my second show there. I'm watching this guy set the ring up who'd been with them for a couple of years at least. Yeah, and he'd been in the business for a lot longer than that. Um, he's got it all set up, and I'm looking at it as he's putting it together, and he's in charge. I'm watching him, and going, "This isn't right." So when it got done, I crawled up underneath the ring and I looked, and you know these big boards. If the beam is here, the board was overlapping, so that if someone would have bumped on the side, it would have snapped. There was uh. the, it needs to end. The end has to be on the support. And yeah. it wasn't set up right. So I wound up, as soon as he left, like, to go get dressed, by my, I think it was me and uh, maybe Guile Castle. I think it was Guile. I made him come and help me, and we took the ring back down, moved all the yeah. boards around, and put it back together because it wasn't safe to work. And they were going to let it go. No one caught on except me looking at it going, I'm not getting that ring like that. So Especially yeah, like, you learn the ring. Yeah, especially they had someone actually work with King Kong Bundy. <laughs> well, this is before he came in. Oh, um, man, I'm sorry. I'll take it back. This is the night that I, uh, I ended up wrestling Joka Wild in a lumberjack match. I think I sent you a video of that before. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he was talking to me backstage and talking about these ideas, and, you know, with Mucha. And I was like, what if I work with Mucha? Instead of attacking you, what if I attack Mucha? So, of course, we go for the tie-up, and he's got his hand. Instead of a tie-up, I, I'm like, test of strength. And he puts his hand up there, and I just reached up and, you know, poked <laughs> Mucha in the eyes, and he sold it. He's screaming <laughs> that Mucha was hurting. At one point, I, you know, I'm punching Mucha, and he's acting like Mucha's being hit in the face. And I'm like, man, we have this crowd ready to riot laughing at this because – yeah, the crowd knows Mucha isn't real, but they don't. But you can convince them that you believe he is, and that's what yeah. matters. Yeah, 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 absolutely, you know, man. I can't, I can't tell the crowd, I can't convince an audience that everything we do, everything they see is real, but I can yeah. convince them that I am. You know, if I'm cross and I'm, you know, I'm crazy, I'm doing this stuff. Yeah. That's real. I'm really hitting yeah. myself. That actually. Oh, really hurts. It hurts, you know. <laughs> it's easier to do it when I'm trying to be in character, you know, but yeah. if I can make someone there go, you know, I know that match I saw earlier, that was that was fake, but he's really nuts. I've done yeah. my job. 
Well, you guys were like telling great story, like entertaining people, and people are like paying ten or twenty dollars and make sure they come to the show and watch you guys, and they're yeah. laughing their ass off and they're getting a good time. But at the same time, like you know, I'm thinking like a company like IWA, they were doing a farewell um, to Jay Miller. I was like, I mean, I listen, man. When you're in this business for 10, 20 years, when people know who you are, when you put five-star matches or four-star matches in that case, um, when people misses who you are, whatever you are, um, then that makes sense. Like, yeah, you can, you should put a farewell. And I was like, you know, I don't really want to get deep into it, but I just express it. I don't care. Um, I never seen him work in the ring. I never seen him taking a bump. I never seen him putting a good match and I don't think he deserved any anything like that but it's just it's one of those things that really uh, insults our intelligence you know like now I question like, who the hell is this guy it. when they said they were going to do it I questioned it and I'll say this um I consider Jay a friend I've got him on Facebook we still talk quite a bit um we actually brought up becoming closer friends over all the stuff that's been going on with Black Lives Matter and everything yeah. else. Um, but yeah, when they came to the fact they were going to do this farewell thing for him, like a farewell send-off match, I, I was against it, not as a, you know, well, screw Jay, not by any stretch. It was more of a he was here for a short time, left under pretty bad terms, and he came back for another very short stint and yeah, now he's taking, you know, he's going to be going away. He's going to be wrestling. So why are we doing a big send-off? I'm like, he's a heel. Why don't we just have him come out, have a baby face that he's been giving shit to for a while, beat the hell out of him, get that big payoff, and send him out kicking and screaming to the back. And that's the last time you see him. I mean, that way the fans go home happy, and he played his part and put someone else over. That's, that's what I would have done. Uh, that's actually what I did do. Yeah, man. Just, like I said, this is one of those people like guys like me, you, and others like travel a lot, work our asses, and um, <laughs> a guy like this get a send off. And I was like, oh, yeah. Well, like, I mean, my last night there, there was no, there was no big send off. There was nothing special about it. Um, I was scheduled to work a tag match that night. That was all I was supposed to do was an opening tag match as the U.S. champion. And we were supposed to make the other guys look strong, and it was supposed to set up for a future match. The match went to hell. I wasn't happy with it. A couple hours later, yeah, I mean, I do mean a couple hours later, we're at the midway point of the show, two more hours in. Midway. And I'm being told, um, we're losing the crowd. Can you go back out there? By then, I already, I already knew I didn't want to come back, so I thought. That's when you work with Brian Skinner. Yep, that's what it gave me the chance to do the right thing because I didn't want to come back anyway. So I'm like, hey, I can go out here, save the show by giving the fans a feel-good moment. They can see this guy who they've been hating, who's been stealing victories for months now. They can see me finally get what I deserve, see Skinner get the title. It's going to be a huge pop, and it doesn't matter that the rest of the show has really sucked. What's going to matter to the fans is, damn, that was fun. Yeah, I mean, and we did some stuff in that match that a lot of wrestlers wouldn't agree to do, and a lot of it was my own idea. Like at one point, I'm trying to 
I'm so desperate to get away from Skinner that I'm on my hands and knees crawling to get yeah, away yeah, from yeah, yeah. him. And he runs over and grabs the back of my tights and stands over behind me and does like the old Norman Smiley big wiggle. Thing. Yeah. And I think it's great because people are laughing hysterically and I'm acting like I'm so angry that he's embarrassing me. And I'm like, we, we just played our parts perfectly. And was the match a clinic? No. Was it technically a great match? Probably not. But it was a spectacle. And I'm like, sometimes I think having a spectacle can be more important than, as long as it fits a good story and fits your narrative, better than having a great technical match. Yeah. So I knew that's not what we were going to have. We didn't have time to plan anything. Um, and it was full of pretty big mistakes, like the referee throwing all the chairs out of the ring that we threw in. <laughs> we threw like yeah, I remember watching that match. Even uh, Guy was like sitting in the crowd, and Joko came in, and they had something was going on outside. Yeah, and that wasn't part of the match either. Just one of the people, a security guard says, "Hey guys, you should do something." So I remember I was actually really mad about that because. The same time that Joka and Guile had their interaction, um, I had given Skinner a DDT into an open chair that nobody saw. Yeah. Because all the crowd was watching those two. We hit it. And I'm like, that was cool. I looked over, I'm like, son of a bitch. Yeah. To the spot. Which, I mean, they didn't know because they didn't know yeah, where yeah, to the spot. It was a last They're trying to do the entertainment respect to I know. I know. I mean, I was I wasn't mad at them. I was just like, "Come on!" <laughs> but the last visual they had in IWA of me was me being forced to the back by security while screaming at this guy Heatwave while screaming, "I'm going to kill you!" So the last thing you see is me being taken screaming to the back. So I'm like, "That's a good exit for me." Oh man, yeah. No. Um, I remember uh, when they started RPW. I was talking to this idiot, I'll say idiot, uh, Tim Felicia, whatever the fuck his name is. Um, somebody who have no clue about professional wrestling. Yeah. So um, I was talking to him and he called me on the phone. This son of a bitch is talking to me thinking that I'm mini violence. And <laughs> yeah, that's the funniest part. And I was like, oh, then uh, halfway of the conversation, he was like, wait a minute. Oh, 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 you're, you're not. Oh, I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I thought that you, it, it, I, oh, man. I, I, I thought that I was talking to any violence. Oh, man. You're the nightmare guy. Oh, man. I love you, brother. I was like, I don't know how to respond to that shit. But <laughs> yeah, then I was talking to him about the show, and uh, he said he was talking to Vinny, and uh, Vinny was uh, telling him that uh, he might won't be able to be there. And then he was telling me, he's like, yeah, man, you know what? I talked to the promoters and a few workers. They said they don't like your style. Um, but you know what, man? Maybe down the road, maybe maybe I'll, I'll, I'll bring you in. And I was like, then later I, I heard what happened in TWA. I was like, son of a bitch. You can't just fucking go to a show and act like a, oh, man, maniac. I, oh, all no. the respect I had for that dude, oh, man. I was like, you you booked me or not, I don't care. And I even told him the same thing. Listen, man, if they don't like my style, it's okay because at the end of the day, I'm still traveling. I'm going to different states. I'm working with the different promotions. I'm still doing my stuff. What about Vinny Violence or what about whatever the guys have worked in there? Wherever they worked, how many shows they worked. 
Like, like there's some people say, I've been in the business for three years, five years. Yeah, where did you work? Exactly. Oh, Nobody want to book you. That's the, I've been through the position, you know, green and not people not wanting to book you. And I just went out and asked for opportunities. And like I said, I took the, I took any criticism I get. And I still to this day, if someone says they don't like something I do or say, man, that sucked. That's great. I'm going to use that. I'm going to use that. I'm going to focus. I'm going to train. I'm going to get better. And I'm going to take that. And I'm going to shove it up your ass. And I'm happy to have it. Yeah. Because, and you got to have that kind of attitude. Like I know Jericho said it for you. You got to kind of be a dick at times in this yeah. business because you can't always be nice. Um, no, I always learn. That's yeah, another so thing too. I try to be nice. I try to be fair. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, like you know, um, you're putting your effort. You're you're trying your best to entertain people, and some people they won't like it because that that's their opinion. And you don't have to like take it. Well, I mean, I'll take criticism and advice from somebody who's been in this business for a quite while, have an experience, and no problem. I'll take it, but I'm not gonna take it from a fucking green who never been anywhere. Yeah. And it's like, like oh, I've had people. I've had people talk about you know, well, you're doing this thing wrong or that thing wrong, and that's that's great. I mean, I don't mind hearing that. It's sometimes it's absolutely right and it's something i can work on sometimes it's not um but there's so many guys i've seen that are so self-conscious that if you give them criticism they take it like a personal attack like i think one of the first shows i saw that you were at um uh was the TV, first TWA show watching it i really enjoyed the match and i think i had to say the only comment i had about your work was the same thing that brad has had said and he, i remember he told you afterwards which was he liked it, but strikes weren't that great. Yeah. He wouldn't work on it. And after the next couple of shows, they got better and better and better. I was like, because he didn't, you didn't take it personal. You took it as, oh, there's room to improve. Yeah. I mean, you know, imagine, do you think Brad would have had you back even, even though you were scheduled for the next show? Do you think he would have kept that plan had you gotten all pissy and went, you know, screw you. I know what I'm doing. Yeah, right. <laughs> there's always room to improve. Um, I was at a show where I worked with the flu. I was sick as could be, but I wasn't turning down the opportunity. It was my second indie show, and I wrestled with the flu. And at one point, I go to give the guy an axe handle, and I walk up towards him, and I can barely lift my arms. As I get to the guy, instead of slamming him down, my arms just sort of collapse. Oh. And it was just really pathetic looking. It looked like a little kid just running up and smacked him. <laughs> and he's, he sold it, but the promoter is right there. And after we get done, he told me, he's like, man, I loved everything else you did. He's like, God, your strikes sucked. And, you know, I could have said, well, I was sick. I was this. I could have made a excuse. So I said, yeah, yeah. I said, thanks for the advice. I'm definitely going to work on that. Because he wasn't looking for an excuse. He was giving a critique. Yeah. And I knew that it wasn't me. I knew it was that I was sick. And I knew I probably shouldn't have been there. And, like, today, if I was that sick, I would just not show up especially with everything that's going on with all the health crisis right now. But then I was determined, you know, you, your book, you show up, you show up no matter what. Yeah. And you're willing to improve yourself and that's all that matters. And some people, they get butt hurt. They just want to like, yeah, no. It's like for me, and I had ego too, man. I'd be honest with you, like, you know, but I got a chance to learn and improve. I got a chance to go to Japan, do their camp and work in there 
came back. I went to Charlotte, kind of like 10 hours from here. I drove there. I did New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, tryout and their camp. Got a chance to meet Katsuyori Shibata and learn a lot of stuff. And still, am I good? I'll consider myself I'm okay, but at the same time, I'm still improving. I watch my matches over and over and over again. I critique myself. Okay, next time, I'm, this is what I'm going to do. This, next time, this is what I'm going to do. But a lot of guys out there, man, they just butt hurt for everything. It's like, oh, oh, oh yeah. Oh. yeah. And also, like, you know, people, um, somebody called me a title mark. And I like to take this opportunity to answer it. Growing up as a kid, as a fan of this business, I never, ever got a chance to buy a replica in my life. I never did. And this is the only title, the first and only title I ever held in my life. This is the XVW internet title. So, you know, kind of that's kind of like singles title. I had been tag team champions before, but that was special for me. Oh yeah. It's not like I'm going to a promotion, I'm talking to promoters, like, hey, you know what, man? I want you to put that title. No. I worked my ass off for it. Oh, absolutely. And there are so many people out there. I don't want to mention their name, but they just show up, and within two months, they're this champion, they're that champion. I was like, okay, put a great fucking match. You earn it. How about you earn it? I would say nothing gets under my skin faster than when someone tries to, in this business, says, you know, well, the belts are just a gimmick. It's just a prop. No, it's not. That's a problem. Behind the scenes, yes, we know what they are. But what it is, you know, I'm like, what it actually represents matters. If it doesn't matter to you, why are you doing this? Exactly. I mean, growing up as a kid, I didn't want to hear, you know, imagine if Hogan would have came out. I mean, well, I guess he did in Japan, but imagine if Hogan had came out during the feud with Andre and been like, well, this belt's just a prop. So what's it matter if I lose to Andre? It would have ruined it. Yeah. Um, WCW, the whole NWO angle, was all based around trying to get that title back from Hogan, yeah. get it back from the dark side, because the the power lies within the title. Yeah. Um, the Horseman built a career around Ric Flair having that belt, so he had all the say. Um, growing up, you see this stuff, so, I mean, it means something. If it matters to the fans, it matters. Yeah. Never mind the, the whole idea of, well, the title means that they're putting their faith in you, they're trusting you. All that's true as well. But Yeah, yeah. If you don't believe in that, then just like Dusty said to DDP, then you shouldn't be in this business. This exactly. one guy from Ohio, I forgot his name anyway, um, he, he was posted something on social media. He said, I'm not a title mark. I don't care about titles. Then get the fuck out of the business. Exactly. Go somewhere else. Like right now, you know, in TWA, I'm the legacy champion, which I love that. I'm, you know, I was the first legacy champion. That means a lot. That's something that can't be taken away. No one else will be the first. But even when I got it, I remember I told Brad, I said, Brad, you know, thank you. This means, this means the world to me, and it does. And now I've got it for the second time. I'm the first two-time legacy champion. I said, but I want the heavyweight title. That's where I want to be. And it's not about well being a mark for the belt it's about that means you're the top where i'm at yeah i got the second tier so i'm here but there's still that title up here that's where i want to be not because oh i want it handed to me i 
want to be the guy that earns that right. I want to be the guy that people that show up at the building look at as he's the champ. He's the top guy here. He's why I'm here. And I think we all should want that. Everyone in the company, we should all be, you know, even if we're all friends backstage, we should all want to be the main eventer. We should all want to be the guy that everyone's there to see. Um, that's just my opinion anyway. So if, if you don't want to be that guy, then why be there at all? Yeah, true, right? I mean, even someone like Orange Cassidy, you know, with that with the gimmick of just not caring, you know, you can tell by his ring work that he does care and he wants to be that guy. I mean, obviously the performance last week on Dynamite with Jericho was amazing. Um, and, and the gimmick is not established to be that until the worker wants it. Yeah. And that's that's something that anyone watching can understand. When it, when it touches you, when it's coming from here, that resonates. Absolutely, man. So talking about that, um, I want to ask you about uh, this video podcast. So when you're planning on airing this episode and also what we can expect on your next episode. Uh, this one will hopefully be up um, tomorrow, so it'll be July 15th is my goal, is to have it launch at some point during the 15th. Um, yeah. Which, as I said before, you know, consequently, I'll be 34, so, you know, what many, many happy returns of the day, brother. Huh? Many, many happy returns of the day. Happy birthday, brother. Yeah. Thank you. Like I said, I'm, I'm hoping to get that out. Um, once it's up, I'm also, it'll also be up on Anchor as well. Um, that's cool. I, I do want, you know, unless something happens with scheduling, I think the first guest is going to wind up being Miss Hannah. I mean, because I know you guys had issues with recording before, so I know she yeah, wants to do man, it. It's a good yeah. chance to do it. And it'll pretty much be gloves off. Whatever she wants to talk about, we'll cover it. I don't care if it's something that, you know, it doesn't matter to me. If it's something she wants to talk about, she wants to get out there, That it's her time. Yeah, I got a chance to talk to her, and I can tell you this, you have, like, a lot of good really good experience like you know working in florida ohio working in uh, ovw yeah i'm sure that'd be like a great great podcast man that's for sure because i want to bring her on um i've already talked to uh like i said before i mentioned uh, joker wild about coming on and talking more about music and maybe telling a couple more interesting road stories because no on yeah. yours it's a the interviews you did with like him and Damien are very much an overarching, yeah. you know, looking at the career. So I'm wanting to dive in and look at, well, let's have them pick out a few favorite moments that they maybe skipped out on. Um, like when I did the podcast for you, then like a week later, I did one for Buckshot. I had a really hard time coming up with new material because I didn't want to tell him the same things. I Same story. Yeah, I know. Why would anyone want to listen to his podcast if it's going to be a rehash? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I figured we'll try to look at different aspects of it. Um, and, you know, if we get on there and they decide, well, we want to talk about our favorite cereal. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, you know, right. I would, I'd love to see two grown men get pissed off over whether or not Lucky Charms are better than tricks. <laughs> you know, why not? <laughs> oh, absolutely, man. Um, I was hoping to see about getting a hold of uh, um, Tim and Stacy, the Pattersons. I think, yeah. I think getting them on, giving them a chance to tell their story. Um, they're so underrated, man. I really, really wanted to work so with good. them. Yeah, I really wanted to work with them, but never got a chance. I wanted to I, do something with them. I only got to spend a little bit of time in the ring with Stacy, and she is so amazing to work with. Um, but, you know, like Timmy, I've had so many matches with him, and 
Yeah, you guys worked in the early days of Timmy and TWA. You guys did yeah, the hardcore match. stuff, right? Yeah, I remember. When I hit him with a guitar, and you know, I'll <laughs> take that story for when he can he can tell it because I can't tell you what he felt. All I can tell you is it sounded like a dog chew toy when I hit him because mm-hmm. he squeaked. Yeah, I was like, that's not a normal sound. Is he okay? But yeah, you know, he had some good stories too. That's that's for sure. In the locker room, he told oh, me. Yeah. Uh, that he started as a referee, just like Slamwell did. That's how he actually – he already knew Damien and Joker from when he was refereeing. Yeah. So, I mean, definitely he's got a history in it. Um, I know there's different guys, uh, some that I know you know, some that you don't, that I want to bring on, especially the ones you don't because it's a good chance to learn and network. Um, I probably shouldn't say this because she hasn't confirmed yet, so – but I've also talked about reaching out to maybe someone like a, a, a Casey Dillon and see if she'd be interested in talking with us. Mm-hmm. Um, I know she's wrestled all over the place, and she's a hell of a worker. Um, pretty much anyone that has a story they want to tell, I'll yeah. bring them on. Worst case scenario is it's not a good story, and we'll make up a better one. I mean, that's yeah, what right. wrestling is, right? Yeah, right. Absolutely. <laughs> Never let the truth get in the way of a good story. But yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking we're going to do. Um, it's going to be an open platform. Um, I don't want to do a whole lot of planning, so it's going to be, you know, what do you want to talk about? Okay, I'll make a checklist. We'll try to hit yeah. all those things. And, you know, if it goes over, we can always do multiple parts. We can do yeah. one, just whatever they want to do. Um, I want to keep it very open, keep it very loose so that it can change as we as we need. And there'll probably be more times with just you and me doing like this, just riffing off each other. Because yeah. I think we were, just, we were talking about doing this for maybe 20 minutes. I know it's been 20 minutes, that. yeah. Yeah, right. I don't have a timer in front of you. I know it's been a lot longer than that. Um, but I think it's all been good. So, like I said, definitely I'm looking forward to doing more of these. And hopefully they'll be up semi-regularly. It's just a matter of getting scheduling together and making it happen. Yeah, at least once in a week or something like that. Like, you know, we got to Once a week, every other like, week, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, or something like that, yeah. If we don't find if we can't get someone on within a week, we'll just get on here and just BS for a while. <laughs> you brother. We maybe we can bring oh uh, Buckshot too. Just saying. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean he's been with us long enough. I'm sure he's got plenty of good stories. Yeah, he have uh he's on podcast too, you know. Yeah. I mean, because I'm curious to hear because like I told you, I gotta do one with you or it's just me and you telling your stories because You've interviewed so many people already and got there, so give them a chance. So probably in the next couple weeks, I'll definitely have to do that too. Because I'm you, curious to you. hear more about yours. Because you. You know, I know what you've told me, but I know that's just scratching the surface. Yeah. Like, I'm sure we could do a whole episode on Japan. Yeah. <laughs> Easily. I'm sure yeah, was that, was, that was probably like, I'm, I'm assuming that had to have been like years worth of work condensed into just a short period of time. Yeah. I, I was actually there twice. Um, I went there for the first time back in 2013. Then I went back uh, 2019. Yeah, man. Yeah, a lot of uh, great experience. Yeah, it was kind of like a, a magic world, magic land. It was definitely as every single day. I made sure I get some good, good memories. You know. Yeah, okay. We'll definitely have to cover that. Um... I definitely, if we ever get too bored, we'll just start programming like shit back and forth. Yeah, right. Yeah, we'll see what happens yeah. when the Indian Nightmare actually has a conversation with Cross, because 
I'm, yeah. I'm keeping Cross locked up right now. Yeah. Uh, just want to let you that. know, uh, since I'm here, like, you know, uh, yeah, I've been doing this Indian nightmare gimmick for the last two years. Um, I've done a lot of stuff, and, um, you know, there's so many nightmares out there. This nightmare, that nightmare, nightmare one, nightmare two. So um, next month, like by the end of August, I'm moving to South. So um, before that, I want to end the Indian nightmare gimmick here in the Midwest. So I won't be, I'm, this is my plan. I'm thinking about like, you know, uh, but eventually on your show, I'll tell you and I'll tell the world, but most probably uh, you will be seeing the Indian nightmare of an English um, in, in the Midwest, maybe uh, by the end of August and that's it. Okay. And I won't be the Indian nightmare, most probably, because I'm coming up with this gimmick, you know, my background, uh, my culture, my language, my tradition, and I recently found out that, uh, you know, uh, that the language that we used to communicate in our family is called Tamil, Tamil, which is more than 5,000 years old. And I was freaking out when I hear that. I was like, shit, <laughs> I could just go with this thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and I was thinking. So um, a lot of things going on in my, my head. But uh, Indian Nightmare, that's probably the last thing that I probably am going to uh, do. Well, I know a couple of guys that have had things where they've jumped around with their gimmicks. Um, so maybe we'll get a couple of them on there and we can maybe do a whole podcast talking about that at some point. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, man. I will say, before Vincent Cross was the unhinged lunatic who laughed at everything, Vincent Cross was a really serious, kind of boring character who called himself the Reaper. The Reaper? Well, you shouldn't be talking at all. I mean, you should just wear a hoodie and, like, stare people and say something nice well, maybe two lines like Undertaker. Uh, yeah. It actually it, it led to a, a story I'll say for another day but uh, where I found out there was another guy that was established around here going by the Reaper. Yeah. And he wasn't too happy to hear that this trainee was using his gimmick. <laughs> Alright well yeah I think that's um, definitely we went more we went longer than I expected us to. Um, I know we got plenty of good content on here. I think it's been I think it's been a good evening. Yeah, and also I want to say something small here. Like so, so recently, somebody posted on Facebook that Kodiak passed away, and I was like, "What the fuck? He's so fucking young." Then um, I saw the picture. Yeah, this Kodiak been in the business for twenty five years and passed away. That's not the same one, then. <laughs> and I was like, "Dude, <laughs> that's crazy." All right, brother. Uh, yeah, uh, go thanks. ahead. Uh, it's just been a good time. Uh, we'll definitely uh, keep people updated. As hopefully within the next week or so, we'll have Miss Hannah on here and keep this rolling. Uh, hopefully anyone listening you know, hope, or watching, whichever one you're doing, hopefully you enjoyed it. And if not, uh, go on YouTube and give us hell in the comments. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, what, what will be the name of the podcast on Anchor? Is the same? Uh, yeah, it's just going to be um, the on there. It'll just be Unhinged Wrestling Podcast. Um, I've already got my Anchor account set up for that. So, yeah. um, like I said, hopefully tomorrow this will be available on both Anchor and on YouTube. And 
once it's up, um, I'll be sharing it on all my social media platforms. I'll send it to you as well. And hopefully people will enjoy it. And if people yeah, want man. It, Absolutely. If they, if they yeah. don't want more, they can tell us later. <laughs> yeah, 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 right. We need to come up with something where, like, fans can ask us questions, like, or something like that. Send us some questions, the questions that we can ask the talents or something like that. You know, oh, maybe, maybe down the road. We yeah. can definitely set up a QA and a because I'm wanting to set up a uh, Facebook page for this as well. So it's just yeah. where we can actually have that kind of platform for people to ask us questions because, yeah, as I said beforehand, I got, you know, brought yeah. this with me. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I yeah. would have access to all that. That's why I keep looking over here. Is, I keep looking over because, like, when you mentioned the uh, thing with Tom McLean, I looked up, I was looking up the thing so I could read it. But you yeah. pretty much covered everything that was on it. I'm like, well, he already remembered it. Yeah, right. Well, I mean, sometimes you got to work with the technology, and hey, I just want to say, uh, like, just because of the support and the motivation from people, you know, I got a chance to buy this and do a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, man. So um, it was awesome, you know, to be on your uh, video podcast. Thank you so much, and I can't wait to see more more talents coming down there and uh, share their stories. Oh, absolutely! It's it's gonna keep getting better. All right, brother. Uh, thank you so much for having me. And uh, you're the birthday boy today. <laughs> Celebrate your birthday, man. Again, happy birthday. And, uh, man, I, I really wish we could have done something in the rain, throw a cake or something. Oh. But, unfortunately, the, the whole pandemic has ruined everything. But you know what? Um, you're with the family, so I want you to have some blast, some good, fun times with your wife and kids. Thank you so much, okay. brother. Yeah, glad to have you. I'm going to hop off here, and I'm going to uh, probably grab my 10-year-old. It's only it's a little after midnight. Probably <laughs> the place, uh, have him kick my ass at Rocket League. Never All tried right. it. He said it's a great game. I said, yeah, why not? Why not make the first thing I do play a game with him and have him beat my ass on it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, All right well, brother. See you soon. Right. Have a good one. Yeah, you too. Bye.